Welcome to Mama Work It Podcast, a community of moms who aren't afraid to get real, raw, and transparent. Join me as we discuss practical ways of overcoming everyday life's hurdles and struggles, listening to success stories of other moms who are working it. I'm talking mompreneurs, mom bosses, momagers, and just moms. We are all striving to be successful, and we all have God-given abilities. So come on and listen in. Let's talk about how to work it. Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of Mama Work It. So here today I have with us a special guest. You guys will not be disappointed. It is Ebony Lachey Gibson, and she is a grief specialist. Thank you so much, Ebony, for coming on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I'm excited to see where this conversation leads us. Excited to get to know more about you and what you do. Ebony Lachey Gibson, she is the CEO of Can I Grieve? And she had dreams of being an entrepreneur from an early age. Um, But Ebony had hopes of following in her father's footsteps and opening a nightclub one day. That dream was unfortunately cut short in 2017 when Ebony experienced the unexpected death of her mother. It was a pivotal moment as Ebony had just graduated college and she had no idea what the future would hold. However, after receiving healing, Ebony soon realized this line of work was attached to her destiny. So she dedicated years to understanding grief and getting trained in the field of grief. And one of Ebony's favorite sayings is, Everything that happens in life happens to us, but not for us. I love that. I love that quote. Was that um, a quote that you had on your own or did you get that from someone? No, I literally got the quote on my own. Um, It's something that I really stand behind because a lot of times when we go through things in life, we always say like, why me? And, you know, we just, we don't really understand it, but I feel like everything in life, good or bad that happens to us, it was supposed to happen or God wouldn't allow it to happen. And so now what I've decided to do, and I know everybody's different. Mm -hmm. I just believe that I didn't lose my mother for no reason. There had to be a reason behind it. And so I decided to uh, create Can I Grieve? That's where Can I Grieve was birthed from, that personal loss and that experience mixed with some other losses. But everything that literally happens to us in life is an opportunity to help somebody else, any experience, good or bad. Love that. I love that. So you um, touched briefly on how, like, you know, your mother's death and of course, some others had um, helped you come up with uh, your business of Can I Grieve? Um, your fiance, and congratulations, by the way. Um, you are you. soon going to be Ebony Lachey. What's the last name? Galber. Yes, Ebony Lachey Galber. So I cannot wait for that. Um, your fiance uh, talked you up big. He was like, listen, she has got a story that y'all have to hear. So I would love if you would just go more in depth of your story. How did you get there uh, from, you know, your mom passing away to being the CEO of Can I Grieve? Yeah. And so um, I was 22 at the time when my mother um, passed away. It was actually two days before my 23rd birthday. So my birthday is always interesting because I have to uh, deal with the grief of my mother. And then it's like, okay, now it's my turn, like my birthday. Um, And so I had literally graduated college, I want to say like in June or May. Um, And then in February of 2017, uh, my mother passed away. And when she passed away, Um, It wasn't anything that I knew about, like she wasn't sick or anything. We literally um, watched the Super Bowl together the day before. Um, She made dinner, like it was just a normal Sunday. And then on Monday, at the time I was doing an internship uh, with a nonprofit working with young girls, mentoring young girls. And so 
I was new to the internship. So I was really like focused on whatever task um, that they had for me. And so when I left out that morning, um, I had noticed that my mother was still in bed. Um, and my mother, she was a supervisor. So she could literally go to work whatever time she wanted to go or she could not go at all. And so I didn't think anything of it when my mother was still sleeping in bed when I left out to go to my internship. And so I go to my internship, I'm doing my work, and then I start getting calls and text messages. And when I was receiving those calls and text messages, I started to pause and I started to get nervous because I'm like, people are calling me like, hey, we haven't heard from your mom. And I'm like, that's not normal. Like if she doesn't go to work, she's a supervisor. So she has to call and check in on the staff, make sure everything's flowing the way it's supposed to flow. So when people were calling from her job, then that she hadn't checked in, I'm like, okay, give me a second. Like, let me pause from doing my work and let me reach out to her. And so I had noticed like, she didn't text me either. And me and my mother talked every single day. It wasn't a day that didn't go by and we lived together, you know? Yeah. And so um, I, I was texting her. She wasn't responding. I was calling her. She wasn't responding. So I started to panic. And so I told my internship people, I was like, listen, I'm not really sure what's going on, but I have to leave early. And so um, I had called, I believe, like my dad or my uncle. And I was like, I need somebody to um, come with me at the house. And so I get to my house. My mother's car is outside. I'm like, okay, she wouldn't ignore me. She can't be asleep because at this point it's like 12, one o'clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so um, I, the, the, I already was anxious and nervous riding over here because I'm like, she's not answering the phone. Her staff hasn't talked to her. Then I get home, her car is at home. So I'm literally dreading walking in the house. And um, I walk in the house and when I get there, my mom is deceased. Like it wasn't like she was still alive or anything. She was, she had already passed away. And so of course I'm freaking out. My godmother was on the phone with me as I was walking in the house. Um, and my uncle, he arrived like shortly after, like everybody was racing over here. And um, it was just really a, um, I wouldn't say traumatizing experience, but obviously that's not a way that you would want to, you know, find somebody, especially yeah, I was yeah. alone, you know, in that moment. But um, it was nothing I could do. Like I said, she was already deceased. Um, of course, when, you know, you call the paramedics and stuff, they want you to do CPR and stuff. But at, at that point, I I was just like, for what? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But what always brings me peace and comfort was knowing that she passed away in her sleep. Like, that's the way I want to go. You know, in my bed, I'm relaxed. Like, she didn't pass away, you know, traumatic. It was in, at home, at peace. And so um, for that, I'm forever grateful um, for that. And then, um, like I said, me and my mother, we had a bond um, out of this world. We were like best friends. You know how people, um, you know, they'd be like, you shouldn't, like, be be the mom don't be like the best friend but she was both like she know when to yeah. switch it up you know what I mean and I know when to switch it up so it was amazing and that's what kind of um keeps me going we didn't have a lot of arguments it was more happiness than anything so when I think of her it's always good memories I can't think of one bad memory uh, that's the um when you said it wasn't traumatic that's the first word that I thought of um my mom when my grandma passed away it was the same thing she passed away in her sleep and um you know I always think like I don't know if I could ever do that I don't know if I could ever be in that situation like that's tough and you know what do you say to someone like like I feel like nothing that you can say could ever soothe anyone's pain from that so like how did you I wouldn't say get over it but like how did you deal? What was your coping mechanism at first? Yeah, so um, it's interesting because, um, and I know this is the case for most people because I'm in the field of grief. And so I know it's normal for people to be upset with God or angry with God. And I was one of those people. And then I know there's people that turn into him and lean into him. But at that moment, um, I didn't want anything to do with him. I was upset with him. So I wasn't even able to pray for myself, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just thankful that though I didn't want to be in communication with him, he was always in communication with me. And he provided me with my family, my friends, strangers, you know, um, to help me in that process. Um, I literally, when I was going through from planning this service to now, I still have that support. And I know that isn't something that people always receive either. You know, some people don't have family or some people aren't, you know, as supportive. They may be supportive in the beginning, but not at the end or, you know, throughout this process. Because the thing about grief, it's it's a lifelong journey. It doesn't get easier. We just, as people, become better with it. And so for me, I just had a lot of support. Um, Like I said, my family and friends, they were very instrumental Um, I never received any type of grief counseling or therapy, even though it was, I I had access to it. It just wasn't something that I was comfortable with for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, uh, last year, I did finally go through a grief support group through my church. And it was amazing because it really um, changed my views and my thoughts on how God, uh, looks at grief and death and how he um how 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 his how our belief should be shaped based on his teachings and things in the book and so um that was very uh I would say therapeutic um and obviously my relationship with Christ has grown since uh the passing of my mother is at a higher level than it's ever been it's at its highest level um, and I believe that it it is his grace and his strength that keeps me going every day because people are just like, I don't know what I would do if I lose my mother. Obviously, I, I didn't know what I would do either, but right. it's literally <laughs> God's strength and his grace and his favor that operates through me every day that I'm able to get up, you know, with a smile on my face, that I'm able to even tell my story, that I'm even able to support others along their journey. So. I don't take credit for anything. I give the credit all to him because I don't know how I do it. It has to be a supernatural thing. Um, So yeah, I hope that answers your question. It does. And it does have to be a supernatural thing because my God, like I, like you said, I don't know how I would be able to handle something like that. And to know that it's not your strength and to also know that you're hurt, like you're helping people through what you went through like it's your like your pain is bringing purpose into something um when my brother he got murdered in 2015 and um I went through that like I was mad at God I didn't want anything to do with him I was just like I just spiraled and I was one who went to church and um you know my mom didn't really want to do grief counseling I didn't either because I just felt like none of their business they don't really know how I feel and other things that were said to me was you know um you know like it'll get better like you'll be fine or because I'm a mom and I was I wasn't a single mom at that time but you know being a mom you just you you wear so many hats and you have so many responsibilities like the people around you just expect for you to get back into like the normal routine which was the hardest thing to do I didn't want to Um, I, I, I I totally wanted to deny, not deny the fact that I had kids, but like I needed more time and like, how much time are you supposed to have? Like, you know, what do you say and how do you help someone that like, one thing I know you shouldn't tell someone like, get over it. Like, oh, haven't you, you know, like cried enough or like, that was the meanest things that I've ever heard. But I just, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. So I. I hear where you're coming from, but what would you say to someone or, you know, like, how would you help someone that's handle, like, if they just lost a, a child or a sibling or a mom, what words would you say to, um, you know, to, to help them help someone else? Because those words that were told to me were not it. <laughs> right. I don't know if you've experienced that too, but that was just, yeah, it just wasn't cool. Yeah. So there's a whole list of um things that you shouldn't say versus things that you should say or can say um and I'm sorry that those people said those things to you I'm just going to say take it with a grain of salt 
and know that they meant well. Because a lot of times people say things and they think that they're saying the right thing or their intentions might be, you know, in the right place, but really um, they're, what they're saying is hurtful, right? And so that's why um, I created this platform of Can I Grieve, where we really focus on educating people about their grief process and what it is and what it looks like and how to heal and what to what to say, what not to say, like all these different things, because it's literally something that we aren't taught. There are books about grief, but nobody's going to pick up a book about grief unless they're, you know, wanting to seek answers or they're wanting to know more. But a normal person that hasn't been through it, they're not going to pick up a book about it. It's something that people shy away from. And so I'm just going to say, forgive those people because grief isn't something that is talked about on a normal in, in the normal conversation. Um, and so some things that you can say to people is obviously I'm here for you. But as you say, I'm here for you, I would always say, don't say it if you really aren't going to be there for the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 when you say I'm there for you, that means call me, you know, if you need me. Um, I'm 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 available to listen. A lot of people always are trying to find the right things to say when a lot of times there aren't, you know, there there isn't anything that you could say in that moment. Like you don't know what to say. So sometimes it's best just to not say anything. Sometimes it's best to just be there, to just show up for the person. So whether that looks like going to their house unannounced and they're not talking, you're not talking, it's just silence. The fact that you were just there for them in that moment is everything. Sometimes it doesn't always need, you know, to be a conversation. But I always tell people you can offer to do things for someone. So don't ask. I mean, you can ask it, but just keep in mind, like if you're going through grief, your mind is all over the place. So somebody asking you, you know, is there anything I can do for you or what can I do for you? They right. might know yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. probably, they probably got a list of things, but they can't think straight at their moment. Their mind is all over the place. And so offer to do things like, hey, you know, is it okay if I get you lunch? Or can I, can I, can I come over and watch your kids so you can get a break or, you know, do nice things like gestures. That's why I'm saying it's not always about what you say, it's about what you do. Um, you know, get them flowers randomly or a card, um, you know, ask them, can you come over? Or just like I said, show up unannounced. Um, so I, okay. I just want to piggyback on that because that is very true. Um, mm-hmm. When when my brother had died and everybody always like, okay, whoever wasn't like, you know, the close, close knit, they returned back to their lives. And not, I'm not saying that they don't think about him often or, you know, like they don't still struggle with it, but the people who are ultimately really close to him, that's when it gets the hardest because, mm-hmm. you know, the sun's so shine and people are laughing and you're like, why are they laughing? You know, mm-hmm. like I just had a death in my family. And right. um, I would never want to, like, I never, uh, when people said I'm here for you, I, I didn't take it as I'm here for you because I just figured that's what people say. I didn't mm-hmm. think that I could actually rely on them. So yeah. I would just smile and nod and say, okay, thanks. But I didn't believe a word they said. And not because I felt that they were liars. I just knew that they didn't have the capacity to be there for me in the way that I needed them to. Um, So I was afraid to ask certain things. So what my friends did for me was um, they came over and they said, Hey, I got a couple people. We wanted to know if we could clean your house. Like we're coming over to spend time with you, to chat with you. That was, that felt so good to me because I was like, I needed that in my life. Um, And I didn't have to ask for it. A couple of other, my friends, I have did I have three kids at that time? No, I had all four kids at that time, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, they took a couple of the girls for me and the girls spent the night at, you know, so-and-so's house. And that was a big help. So everything you're saying, it happened. And I felt better with the services that were offered, people cooking for us, people calling to check up on us, not saying the empty saying of, oh, I'm here for you. 
let me know mm-hmm. if you need anything. And mm-hmm. I totally bombed that because I've said that before and I've done things like that before. And I'm like, dang, Janita, remember what happened when your brother died? Like reciprocate right. all that was done for you so that because, Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I say. Like a lot of people struggle because it's like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So sometimes people end up saying nothing at all, but exactly. they really want to say something. And so I just believe acts of service is honestly the best, you know, and, and, and I believe as long as your heart is in the right place, everything will be okay, you know, and sometimes people say the wrong things like, you know, they bring God into the picture and nobody wants to hear that, you know, um, he's in a better place and this and that and the third, like some people may feel like the better place for him or her is on earth, with them. You know? yeah. and so a lot of people bring up religion um a lot of people say oh you know you can have more children or you're still young and it's like that's mm-hmm. not the right attitude but again I always say just give people grace because people genuinely there isn't a subject of in school about grief or even in life you know what I mean you have to search for these things is not in our everyday conversations. So I love that. Oh God, I love that. Um, you yeah, it hit home because I still had some, I didn't realize as I was talking to you that I was still feeling some type of way of, you know, the things that were said to me. And in the moment you said give them grace because I'm like, yeah, Lord, like I'm not taking that with me every day or all the time. This is this month, this is birthday month. Last month was his um anniversary of his death. So like I think I just been feeling it a little bit more. Yeah. Um hence I didn't even think about it as I scheduled this with you, but <laughs> it's all coming together for me personally. Um but what thank was you. his name if you don't mind oh. me asking. Um, Javante Tinsley. Javante? Yeah, Javante. Okay, nice. Kind of like yeah. Javon, but Javante. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it. yes. Like yeah, don't ask his age. Don't. I, I was literally <laughs> was just about to ask you. I was like, and how old would he have 10? Okay. Um, honestly, just because I even had that issue when he was alive. I'm like, how old is he again? <laughs> right, right. I had to do the math. He put me on the spot now. I don't know. I'll okay. probably tell you well, later was on he, in the conversation. Was he older or younger? How about that? He was younger. He was my okay. brother. Okay, okay. Uh, he had a so you get a pass because you older anyway. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you older, the brain, you know. So yeah. But, you know, he did leave us a son. Um, So his girlfriend at the time, she was pregnant and um, he passed away in May of 2015. She gave birth in August um, of 2015. So I thought that was, yeah. And my God, the boy looks just like him. And it's a boy. I'm sure. Come on. So, yeah. That's (laughs) amazing. So, okay. Now, literally this conversation is giving me life even though we're talking about grief and about you know like I just I'm 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 just feeling full right now um I want to take a little bit of a turn so Mm -hmm. uh you told us your story and how like you know you help others deal with grief are you a full-time entrepreneur are you like working and you so like you have your uh, grief counseling on the side so I am a full-time um entrepreneur um I do bartend on the weekends on Fridays and Saturdays but other than that uh Monday through Friday until I go to work um I'm working on my business I haven't worked uh I don't really consider my job like a real job it's just Mm -hmm. like to me a side gig like a side job um I haven't worked a real job since uh, December 2018. I kind of retired myself. Yeah. Um, and, and this is something that, um, is super important for people to, to just make sure, um, that their affairs are in orders. You know, um, a lot of times nobody plans for the future, but, uh, one of the things that my mom did was, you know, she worked a good job and so she had benefits and things like that. And so, um, that has allowed me, um, to be able to have options, you know, in life. Um, and so I always recommend like having some type of life insurance, 
um, some type of retirement plan. And this is, you know, deep, you know, but they mm-hmm. they have estate planners and they have these things in line. It's just, again, we don't want to talk about grief. We don't even want to imagine, you know, okay. what the next, you know, what that, what that next stage is going to look like. So we don't plan for that. But I think that's um, super important as well. But yeah, to answer your question, um, yeah, full time minus when I have to go to the bar Friday and Saturday. No, we're going to add that in there because that is a side business. We know that that's not your long term. It's you just figured out a way to make consistent money while you're working on your business. That's all, sis. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I, yeah, um, this is real good. I congratulate you on being an entrepreneur. I knew there was a reason why I brought you on. Um, What is the like hardest part about, um, you know, being an entrepreneur about, you know, what you do in your, in your field? Well, um, in my bio, um, it talks about um, me wanting to own a nightclub. And so Mm -hmm. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but clearly, you know, God had other plans. And so um, my dad, Um, He's been an entrepreneur since I was in elementary school or before I can even remember. Um, I literally watched him um, quit his job. He had a good job, quit his job when I was really young and he opened up his own car wash business. It wasn't like an actual car wash, but it was like, you know how people wash cars on the side. Yeah. Um, And he was doing that and then he elevated and he had a franchise. Um, that was popular at the time. And then from there, he opened up his own restaurant and lounge. And then from there, it grew to a restaurant, but it was like a club too. And so I saw that all throughout life, um, my life, and I saw how he was able to sleep in. And, you know, I just, I, I, I that's how I even got into bartending, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I used to work there, literally every position from coat check, I used to have to go to the club because um, they didn't want to leave me in the house when I was a teenager. So I would have to go to the club. And my mom also helped my dad with his business, grow his businesses. And so um, she was very instrumental in that as well. And so I kind of get that from her, too, because she always did side things, too, like catering and, you know, um, just different things. She was getting ready to start a trucking business. And so both of my parents actually are entrepreneurs and hustlers. Um, and so, yeah, I knew I was going to um, be an entrepreneur. And because my dad had had this club and I worked in the club, coat check, serving. Then when I was 21, I started bartending. Then I was a manager doing bookings when people wanted to rent out the venue. So I just was like, that's my goal. I want to open up a club. I already know what to do. I just needed the money. And mm-hmm. so when my mother passed away, I was actually in the process of getting uh, a job. And so, um, cause a lot of times when you go to college, people be like, oh, you go to college, you get a, you come out of school, you get a good job. Nine times out of 10, that is not how it works. You don't just come out of college and you got a job waiting for you. Preach. And so I had to get a job when I came home from school. And, um, when I was working that job, I just knew like this ain't it. And so, like I said, I got out of there. Um, and I literally, Um, had joined a network marketing business. And that was going great because it taught me a lot about entrepreneurship because that was the first time I actually really um, have had to build like my own business. Mm -hmm. And I had to follow up with people and I had to reach out to people and I had to um, help people get started in the company and I had to get these services so I could promote the services. And it was just like, I didn't know how much it took to be an entrepreneur. And so all of those experiences that I got from network marketing, I kind of took that um, for can I grieve? And so it kind of helped me. But to answer your question, like being an entrepreneur is not easy. You're going to have a lot of times when you want to quit. You're going to have a lot of times when business is slow, the income is not coming in, barely coming in, you know, you're going to have these moments, right, where people aren't coming to your events, people aren't supporting you. 
I literally had an event yesterday for Can I Grieve? We had a Heal Your Heart with Yoga. Mm -hmm. And I had only four people register. And I was like, I don't even want to do this event. But let me tell you, the event was amazing. It was perfect. And that's the thing. Like when you have a vision, when you have a mission, don't worry about the people because the people will come. But as long as your heart is in the right place, I know it was therapeutic for the people that was there. And I know the people that were there were meant to be there, you know? And so it's not easy, but I think it's worth it, you know? And I think if you have a dream, if you have a passion, if you have a vision, don't give up, like, don't quit. Like, it's. I saw a quote, and you might've saw this quote too, it's been floating around social media. They said, mm-hmm. don't worry about the when, uh, W-H-E-N you're going to win or something like that. Something Ooh, like that. I, I, like I should have, I should have took a picture of it, but it's, it's something like that. So yeah, that's what it's like to be an entrepreneur. It's a roller coaster, but I'm if you just stay on, you won't quit. Girl, you are talking right. Preach, please. Yes. It is not easy being an entrepreneur, but you said something like, when you were growing up, you saw the freedom that your parents had and you were like, okay, the freedom, the flexibility. And I love how you used, even though you may not have stayed in network marketing, you use that to elevate and you use that for your business. So a lot of people think because, um, you know, they don't continue with something and, you know, like it doesn't work out for them or they see themselves moving somewhere differently. The first thing they say is, oh, that's a scam. Oh, that's it. They just want your money. And I can't believe it just, no, you use whatever that, you know, you had that experience and you put it into your business. It taught you, it taught you how to follow up with people, how to reach out with people. And you got to have tough skin for network marketing. I must say, um, I'm a person that likes to be behind the scenes. I will sell all day. I do eBay and, you know, I meet strangers all the time. I'm messaging them and, you know, they love me. I'm just like, I'm going to get you you know, your item out on time. Like I love customer service, but the moment that I have to ask you for something, I get all sweaty and hot and bothered. Like I just, I don't want to do it. But your experience of how like you had to, you had to be in the faces, you had to get the services so that you could sell the services. Like you were, it sounded like you were fully invested in your, um, in, in that moment, in that now, in that journey. I was, I was, and a lot of successful people, um, believe it or not, they grew up in network marketing too, um, and 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 I would never, you know, down talk, down talk, uh, network marketing because, like I said, it's 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 been very instrumental in my growth, and it, I believe it was the catalyst, like the jump, yeah, of where I was going to go. You know, even with public speaking, like that came from that. I used to hate it, even though. I went to school for mass communications. I used to want to be like a, a reporter, like on the news and out uh, um, on the radio. Wow. Um, but I realized, you know, I didn't want to do that. But I would never down talk. Um, now we're marketing MLM, whatever people want to call it, because mm-hmm. there's so much personal development that goes on. It literally can prepare you for whatever, whether you work in corporate America or whether you start your own business. Um, And yeah, I just I'm grateful that I had that experience. I still get a check from that business. You know what I mean? Yeah, every month, you know, and so I it's, it's something that I was definitely invested in and I was passionate about. But I just knew God had a higher calling for me. And it's something that I struggled with for a while because I built a team. I didn't want to leave my team. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I built a bond with these people in the company and I hit a decent position in the company. You know, there's different positions. It's yeah. like in corporate America, there's different positions. And so I battled with a long time. Like, when do I make this move? You know, and um, it was a lot of grief. And that too, you know, like, because I felt like that was my first baby, you mm-hmm. know, and now I'm leaving my baby to pursue, you know, my passion, my own business. Um, and my fiance, he was very um, instrumental and supportive. And he would just push me like, no, you got to do this, yeah. you know, and so um, 
I'm just grateful, like I said, for the journey, because like you said, you do have to have tough skin and people are going to tell you no and people are going to say, is this a scam and this and that. But at the end of the day, um, the company that I was with, they're still in business over 30 years in business. Um, and yeah, it was just that's a awesome, beautiful experience. And I have built relationships, um, personal and professional with people in that company. And some of those people, majority of those people have supported me and cannot grieve. So it was oh, amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So nothing wasted, nothing wasted at nothing all. Nothing wasted. And when you were talking about, you know, accepting rejection, because you got to have tough skin, like your rejection is just a, a pathway to your redirection. Like it just, it just wasn't meant for you or they weren't meant for you. So that's Absolutely. fine. Um, and it sounds like you are, even though I know you're focusing on, can I grieve? It really sounds like you could be like a, a serial entrepreneur. Like you have the capacity to, to do different things at different times. Um, that's just what I see, but yeah, think about it for the future. You opened up, can I grieve? You said something about, um, services, uh, in a way where you have to be prepared in a sense for your future. Do you offer those services like um, getting life insurance and, you know, helping with that as well? Um, It's very funny, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to find a way um, to stand out, to be unique. You know, Mm -hmm. that's one thing about business. And when you have your own business, you have to have something unique about you like why should people shop with you or why should people get your services and um I was like I'm a grief coach and I um I want to be different how can I be different and so I thought it would be a good idea for me to um offer like um what do they call it it's not estate planning it might be estate planning I think that's what it's called Um, where you can help people create wills, um, where you can have life insurance and really just educate people about that, those next steps so that when it is their time to go, you know, there isn't family fighting, you know, about money and stuff because Mm -hmm. it's already written. Who gets what, where where this goes, the policy is in place. There is no GoFundMe, none of that. And so Mm -hmm. it's funny you say stuff, right? And God hears you. He's always listening. Oh yeah. And so I had actually met a young lady that I connected with and she was a widow. And um, I was actually going through the process of getting um, my health and life insurance license. Uh, I started that process back in like March. Um, and then I finished, it was long. I finished um, the pre-exam uh, because you got to get licensed like a test. I finished the pre-exam like around May, but then it was time for me to take the test and I just kept taking the pre-exam and I wasn't like getting a passing score. So I was just like, Mm. it's definitely something that I am going to do in the future, but I just feel like right now it's not like my main focus, especially for me coming from um, network marketing. Like I don't want to sell policies and stuff. I just want to educate people about it. And so um, I am going to get it one day, um, but it's not a service that I offer right now. Okay. Because I, when you were talking about, oh, you said this exactly. Oh, I got chills. You got to get your affairs in order. And when you said that, I heard the authority of it. And I was like, oh, does she offer that? Because that's something like me, um, any mom that's listening in, because that's my audience, like that's really important, especially for single moms, you know, like not having to worry about, like you said, GoFundMes or who's going to get what, if you pass away, what's going to happen with your kids. It's such a great avenue. And I'm not pushing you towards this, but I do believe that this is a service that you are going to offer education first. And then your services, remember, um, impact over income. And I truly believe that that's going to be like, uh, uh, something for you where you don't have to push the services because you're already giving them a service as you're educating them. And while their hearts are soft and you're educating them, you're going to be able to say, okay, now let's go into the next step. Because a lot of times when we go to funerals or when someone passes away, what do you think about? You think about, man, I got to get my life together. 
And mm-hmm. because you're living now, you're living and that person, you feel like you want to live for them. Like, you know, you want to do things that you haven't done in a long time. And what is that? People are like, I got to get my affairs in order. And right. you said you wanted to stand out. That's a perfect way to stand out. And right. you're not even going to have to like struggle or um, get people or try to sell people on it because you're getting them through the grief. So now their mentality has shifted into, well, I'm living, I'm not gone, but how can I make it easier for my family members when I pass away now that they have gone through the point where they say like, okay, well, I know grief doesn't get easier, but I'm growing as a person. So yeah, I believe that for you. Totally believe that for you. Thank you. That was some encouragement because I was like, listen, this is too much. I'm going to just, you know, I'll come back to it, but thank you for that because now I'll keep it in the, I'll move it from the back of my head to the middle now. Please do. It's definitely needed. Like, especially in our community and the Black community, it is needed. Um, I can't tell you like just, you know, my family alone, like I know my mom has, um, she has life insurance, but the little that she did know, she didn't know much. Um, when my aunt passed away, my aunt had, um, I, I don't even know what you call it policy. She had a policy on my mom. Mm -hmm. And then when she passed away, it was, it was just like a big whole ball of confusion, but like, imagine if it didn't have to be that, like, oh, I understand what policies are and what level and how much you have to pay and all that because of someone like Ebony Gibson that, hey, I met with her. She was my counselor and she offered me these services too. And now I don't have to worry about, you know, what this is and what a will is and how do you do a will and what's the process? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And it, and, it, and it hits home for me um, because I personally went through it. And so my mother is, is weird, but mm-hmm. she had a will done in January. And she passed in February, in the beginning of February. So no way. I'm not sure what that was about. I don't really go too deep into detail. Like, I don't overthink it. I'm just grateful that she did that. And the will is not as complicated as people really think it is. It doesn't have to be this 30-page document. Like, her will was literally, like, one page. Like, if I pass, it goes to my daughter from there. If she passes, it goes to the next person. Like, all you got to wow. do is have two people sign it, like witness it. And so, like I said, I have that personal connection to it because I went through it. And if mm-hmm. I didn't have that will, um, it could have went in a whole different direction. My mother was still married at the time, even though she was separated. And so, um, unfortunately, you know, me and my dad, we kind of went through some issues um, mm-hmm. because you know, of how things were perceived in his mind and what he thought. And then we had this document that says something else. And so I believe it's very important to have a will in in place so you can avoid probate and court and just nastiness that doesn't need to take place. So yes, people, get your affairs in order. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, just to alleviate um, any confusion and even on a medical standpoint, and this is something that I learned through studying for life and health insurance, like you also need to have a document in place um, if something happens to you, you know, medically, like, do you want to be resuscitated? You know, um, do you want to be cremated? Like this stuff is important because if you don't sign these these documents, if you don't put this stuff out there, People are going to do whatever they want. You might have wanted to get cremated, but they they don't want you to get cremated, you know? And so mm-hmm. now people are honoring your wishes. And so it is so important, even though it's uncomfortable for us to do these things that we it think is. about <laughs> these things because we want things to go well. And when it was all said and done, we don't want people fighting over money. We don't want all of these things that could have been avoided if we just took the time to do a simple document. And if you don't want to do it, just pay somebody to do it so that you can be at peace and rest in peace. Like they always say. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. where the meeting should come from. Rest yes. in peace because you got yes. your affairs in order. Yes. Um, single moms and moms alike. I hope you guys are hearing this and taking from this because this is super important. And um, if you are dealing with grief, it's 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 really important to get a hold of that thing because 
I mean, I've had people pass away in my life and I'm still, you know, thinking about them. That doesn't mean that we don't think about them, that, you know, we don't remember them, that we don't cry just because we cry over them doesn't mean like, you know, you know, whatever it's negative. It's a, I believe it's a positive thing just as long as you don't go off the rails. But um, Ebony, if you can just give us a little bit about what services you do offer, um, where we can find you and um, all that good stuff. Absolutely. And so you guys can find me at um, canigrieve.org. That is our website. Um, we are also on Facebook and Instagram at Can I Grieve. Um, we offer a variety of services. I'm a certified grief coach, not a counselor. Is a huge difference um, between a coach and a counselor. Can you um, explain and, that real quick? Absolutely. Um, and so with a counselor, um, they are able to diagnose people. That's something that a coach is not able to do. Um, they also focus on uh, past childhood, um, previous experiences, different things like that. Whereas a coach, I always say, think about a basketball coach. Like, what are they there to do? They're there to coach you. They're there to elevate you, to pull the best out of you. And so with a coach, we don't necessarily focus on what happened to you when you were three years old. We literally focus on the issue. And whatever that issue is, nine times out of 10 is grief. That's the field that I'm in. Um, we figure out how to move forward, right? Um, and we just coach you through that process. And it looks different for everyone. Grief is not the same for no one person. No one person will have the same grief experience. Whether you experience the same type of loss, the actual experience of it is not going to be the same. Grief is as unique as our fingerprint. The same way no one has the same fingerprint, nobody has the same grief coping mechanisms, et cetera. Um, and so that's the difference between a coach and a counselor. Um, as far as the services that we provide, I provide one-on-one -on -one grief coaching, um, where that's more personalized, it's just about you. Um, and then I provide an eight-week healing journey where that's in a group setting. Um, so obviously we can have group discussions. Obviously people don't have to feel like it's just them, you know, but they also can be supported and in community with other people. Um, from there, we um, have a leadership development program. Um, and that's really for like managing grief in the workplace. Um, just making sure the staff is able to support the employee and vice versa, what to say, what not to say, just making sure everybody is prepared and comfortable um, because a lot of companies lose billions of dollars every year because people leave and people don't feel supported. So um, that's just an area that I feel comfortable, you know, working in. And then outside of that, um, we also provide community outreach. And so working with the youth, um, whether it's grief presentations or, um, doing different activities with them to promote and to help enhance their social and emotional skills. Uh, we also do fundraisers. So my mother, she had a heart attack in her sleep. So I'm passionate about National Heart Month, which is in February. So me and my aunt, she has a nonprofit. We did a fundraiser back in February for um, National Heart Month and we donated to the American Heart Association on behalf of my mother. And that's, um, something that I think is huge um, in the grief process, if I could just pause for a minute, yes, um, yes. just making sure that you honor your loved one. That's a way to stay connected to them in whatever way that looks like, you know, donating to causes that they were passionate about or continuing their passion project, just finding ways to honor and celebrate them, I think is amazing in itself. Um, and so, yeah, that's, um, kind of where we are with our services. I hope to, in the future, create a curriculum for churches um, where they could be able to host support groups and different things like that. Because like I said, I went through a support group through my church and the church didn't create the program. It was a company that a lot of churches use called Grief Share that creates the program. And they just have um, volunteers from the church facilitate the support group. but a lot of churches don't know about this program. And so I would like to create a curriculum 
and a program that churches can actually use um, to support people because a lot of times in the church room, it's just typically a card, they do the service and some flowers or whatever. That's it, you know, and people need more yeah. than that. Um, and so, yes, that's where I am. And those are the services that Can I Grieve provide. Oh, we also do vent sessions too. Like if you just want to vent. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. How do you vent? Yeah. And so a lot of times some people don't want to commit to, you know, a week session or eight weeks or what have you. And so sometimes people just literally need to talk. And that's why I said sometimes it's not always about what you say, trying to say the right thing. Sometimes it's just listening. Like if you just listen to people, they'll tell you everything, you know? And so um, some people just want to vent, you know, like I I just needed somebody to talk to. Like a lot of times when I talk to people, they're like, I just need somebody to talk to. You know, yeah. everybody that I'm talking to, they tired of hearing about it. They're telling me I need to get over it. I don't have anybody to talk to. And so some people literally just need to vent, you know, and they and, and they just need somebody to talk to that won't judge them or that doesn't care, you know, how many times they've already shared this story. They're just willing to listen. So. Awesome. And you're so I believe your one on one sessions, your event sessions, all those that's virtual, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Everything. And you're everything. Okay, cool. Yeah. Outside so. of like if someone is in um the DMV area, I'm in Maryland. So um if it's like me going out working with the youth at schools and stuff like that, if it's in, you know, the DMV area, I can do it, even if it's out state of the area, but Right now, most of the work is virtual, but I'm not opposed to in-person at all. Okay, that's mm -hmm. good to know. Very good to know. Um, you mentioned about how you wanted to set up a curriculum for churches, uh, but you also mentioned before that, and this is just a suggestion slash question, mm -hmm. um, leadership development because jobs, like many people leave jobs because of, you know, how they're treated or how, you know, what's not being said. Exactly. Um, would it be something kind of similar because, you know, <laughs> leaders in the church, everybody should be, you know, leaders in the church, but not really recognized as one. I get it. But like, it might be the same in a sense where, you know, learning how to talk to other people, it's just got a little spin on it because the Holy, it's going to be Holy Spirit led. But the moment you said leadership and workforce, I was like, but what about churches? And then you said you wanted to create a curriculum. Would it be something sort of similar? Yeah, so I actually went through bereavement ministry um, and I went through the training, um, but I wasn't able to go for one day. So I have to go back. It was a two day thing um, so I could get my certificate. But um, I definitely the leadership development is not just for grief in the workplace and, and management in the workplace. It is for leaders in general. That's why it's the leadership development. So whether you're in the church, you know, whether you're in the community, because unfortunately grief is something that every single person will experience and every single person will be faced with, you know? Yeah. And so everybody needs that training um, on what to say, what not to say, how to handle things. And, you know, just that education piece um, of it, um, in order to, um, be able to help somebody in need, you know, and then not be awkward or uncomfortable, or you're not saying the wrong things and turning people off because sometimes people get turned off from the church. Sometimes mm -hmm. people get turned off from the job. Sometimes people mm -hmm. get turned off from the organization or the agency. And so, yes, it's leadership for people that are in leadership position. Okay. That's good. Thank you for the yeah. clarification. That's really good. Yeah. Thank you for asking no problem. Well, I, listen, it's it hasn't even felt like an hour. Um, I, I, <laughs> I could go on with this conversation. It's just been awesome. Um, so in closing, y'all, um, 
definitely follow her. Um, her services are virtual. See what she's about. Check her out. Um, you know, and make sure you send her a message. Um, put in the chat or the comments like, hey, I listened to this podcast. Like, you know, give her an encouraging word to move forward and to continue. This is an entrepreneur that is doing it. She is working it, y'all. So um, before we do close, do you have anything that you would like to say to uh, my audience, the, the, the moms that are out there that, you know, are dealing with grief that feel like they have a lot on their shoulders already and dealing with that as well. Absolutely. Um, moms, I know that's your audience, but I'm going to say, even if you are not a mom, just as a human being, you need to make time for your grief. And that's literally what my yoga event was about yesterday. Mm -hmm. Allowing that time and that space because everybody's so busy. People don't want to deal with grief or I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a teacher, I'm this, I'm that. No matter who you are, you have to make time for your grief because if you don't, eventually you're going to explode. Think about when a pot is boiling. Eventually, if you don't take the top off, it's going to overflow and make a mess. And you don't want to spill out uh, bad energy or just explode, right? You want to be able to release. And so no matter what you have going on, make space and time for your grief and just understand like, even though you wear a lot of hats, you want to show up the best way that you can be. And until you make time for your grief, you are not going to be the best you. You know how they always say, in order for you to have a breakthrough, something has to break. Yes. It's the same thing with grief. And so don't just associate grief with death. Grief is loss in general. You know, it's, it's a broken connection to anything you no longer have access to. So loss of friendships, we need to grieve those. Loss of uh, finances, loss of a job, you know, even people who have kids who have went off to college, they call it like an empty nest or, you know, people just um, that lose their identity, that lose their self. Like we have to grieve these things. We have to acknowledge these things and, and a lot time to it so that we can heal from it and we can move on. And we're not just spilling out on people. And the thing is, when you don't take that time, like I said, you're not going to be the best that you can be. And everybody has a story. Just like I have a story, you have a story. And so it's so important that we just always continue to work on us so that we can show up for others and we can just be the best that we can be, right? And also yeah. parents, moms, et cetera. Um, if you have lost a loved one, um, just be sure and, and and the kids are of age or they understand, even if you feel like they don't understand, they need to and you need to eventually um, get some type of counseling, grief counseling or grief coaching, because sometimes people feel like they want to be strong. They don't want the kids to see them, but it's very important for parents, especially to be vulnerable and to let their children see grief so that they're able and they're comfortable to process too. Um, and if, if, like I said, if it's something that's too much for you to manage on your own, then that's when I would recommend, you know, getting a grief coach or a grief counselor, because a lot of times, especially like, let's say your mom passed and you're the mom, you may be just thinking about yourself, but not realizing like your child is also grieving their grandmother too. Or vice versa, yeah. you may be just thinking about the child, like, let me be there for my child so you're not processing your own grief. So it's yeah. so important for both of you guys um, and all to get that time and allot that time to the grief, whether you're doing the work together or you hire or work with someone. Thank you so, so, so much for sharing um, your story, for coming on and giving us insight. Because you're right, it's not just, you know, the death. It's not, it's not about that. And a lot of times that's what we think. That's what I thought. <laughs> After this conversation, I'm in a whole new light. Thank you very much, Ebony. I am going to pray real quick before we head off. Heavenly Father, I thank you on today. And I thank you for every person that is listening today. 
God, whether they're listening in the morning, noon, or night, or the wee hours of the morning, I pray that this message that Ebony gave, that it touched someone, Lord God, that they would feel the pull, God, to get help, whether it be with her, someone, a grief counselor, a grief coach, Lord, that, Lord, that they would not go through this alone. They would not go through this alone, that they would know that they are not alone, that they're is help. There are resources that are out there, Father. And I pray, God, that your comfort, your comfort, God, will begin to rest where they are now as they're listening in Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, God, we know, God, that, um, you know, you are not the most liked when it comes to grief in the beginning. But Lord, we know, God, that you are faithful and you'll never leave us nor forsake us, God. And Lord God, we thank you, God, for people like Ebony that's able, God, to guide us, guide us through, guide us through the process and not one process is alike. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for her life, God, and her insight, God, and what she's doing. And I pray, God, that you would help her to pass that test, Lord, so that she's able to offer other services. Whatever you have in store for her life, Lord, I pray that doors will be open. God, that no man can shut them if you are opening them, Lord. And I just thank you, God, for every person that is listening, Lord. God, that peace would be still in their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.